What's up, guys? Big day in the NFL. Trade deadline has come and gone. Lots of big trades. Uh, we'll start off with all the news that's happened here. Let's start with uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, Jay Claypool to the Bears, TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings, Naeem Hines to the Bills, Kevin Ridley to the Jags, Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins, Chase Edmonds to the Broncos, Jacob Martin to the Broncos, and William Jackson the third to the Steelers. So obviously lots of news and notes, uh, some potential season-changing moves. We'll start with the Dolphins first. Um, joined by Nathan. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, let's get right into it. The Dolphins made some big moves today. Obviously, they traded for one of the best pass rushers on the market and Bradley Chubb. They gave him a first-round pick along with fourth and Chase Edmonds. In return, they receive a 2025 fifth-round pick and Bradley Chubb. Obviously, this is huge news for the Dolphins. They get the pass rusher that they desperately needed um, and, quite frankly, gives them a real legitimate shot to go against Josh Allen and, and the Chiefs. That's why you make this move, in my opinion. But what's your initial reaction to this move? And we'll talk about Jeff Wilson in a second. You know, and it's not that I hate this move in a vacuum. I think Bradley Chubb's a good player. I think we have the room to resign him and all that stuff. So I think if you're just talking about should a team trade what the Dolphins gave up for Bradley Chubb, probably yes. But the big problem here is that the Dolphins are right now an imperfect roster with some major holes on the offensive line. I mean, with Liam Eikenberg out for the season, we still don't really have a left guard. Uh, We have Brandon Shell at right tackle. Uh, that's, I don't know if that's a solution. I don't think it is. Austin Jackson's status is still up in the air. We have to hear in the next couple of days that he's coming back or he's going to be out for the season. And so the offensive line is still a huge question mark. And we have um, a special teamer right now at our second safety slot with Eric Rowe um, not playing. So uh, I I don't know how we plan to um, take care of that extra offensive line spot and that safety slot. But with the, with the guys we have there right now, I, I don't see this team really um, winning too many playoff games, um, no matter how good the pass rush is. So if they're able to address this somehow post-trade deadline with um, either waiver signings or free agent pickups, okay. I don't know that that's going to happen. And, you know, with, with that, as good as Bradley Chubb is and as, as very as scary as our front seven seems now, I don't know how much of that's going to matter if we can't um, figure out a way to fix – uh, at least one spot on the offensive line in that safety position. Yeah, here's here's the way I think uh, the Dolphins see it and the way I see it as well. Uh, look, they obviously have Waddle and Hill, uh, arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Um, they just traded for Jeff Wilson, which we'll talk about in a second, but the run game has been pretty good of Mostert. The line's been holding up. Yes, I agree. They need to uh, fix. Austin Jackson's coming back. We'll see what he does. I'm skeptical. But, uh, look, bringing in Bradley Chubb for a first-round pick, I thought was a bit much, but if you you really do this move, if you really believe you can make the Super Bowl. Um, and this gives them the chance, and that's really all you want. Um, I think this really shows more about uh, the faith they have in Tua Tagovailoa as well. Uh, he's been playing really well. In the beginning of the year, if they would have made this move, I would have said, you know what? Uh, I don't know because of the play of Tua, but Tua has proved me wrong so far. I think he's the guy for the job, and at least gives him a shot to beat the Bills and the Chiefs. And it does. And at the end of the day, they couldn't get Josh Allen down. And I think that might be why they ultimately went for this trade is they say, you know what? We couldn't get him down. Let's add it. Let's throw another guy in there, Bradley Chubb, and really see if we can sack him. Um, but, but to me, the real reason they couldn't get him down is because Landon Roberts cannot cover running, running backs. Um, so I think the biggest move the Dolphins can make is to take Landon Roberts out of the lineup and really start playing Duke Riley or Jerome Baker at his spot. 
Um, I know Jerome Baker plays anyways, but now we have an extra linebacker in there. So we can kind of take Landon Roberts out of the rotation and please put someone else on running backs because I mean, I don't know if you saw that DeAndre Swift touchdown. Landon Roberts looks ridiculous on that play. I mean, he hasn't been a good player for a long time, and the Dolphins have continued to put him out there. He's not very good. It's time to give someone else a chance there. So if Bradley Chubb ends up not taking necessarily playing time from Jalen Phillips or Emmanuel Agba, instead he takes playing time from um, Landon Roberts, then I think this is actually a massive boon for the defense um, because he'll say he'll solve the pass rush one being a better pass rusher and two by leading to better coverage underneath and um, not giving the quarterback that safety valve. Um, yeah. And then, and then what happens down the field is then maybe they'll start throwing Howard's way and he'll get some picks when he's rushed instead of throwing yeah. the running back. Uh, look, a first round pick is high no matter what kind of trade it is, but uh, Bradley Chubb is about as good as to get as a, as a, as an elite pass rusher. Um, my issue was you have to also extend them in the off season. The team also has other holes that need to fill that money, but, uh, now they have no choice, but given that extension, but listen, I'm not going to cry to bed. And, and, and there was reports that there was going to take multiple first round picks. So one first round pick for a player like that, I can live with, uh, they get to the Super Bowl, I, I'd be more than happy with the AFC championship. Um, let's talk about uh, another trade that the Dolphins did, which I really like here as well. Um, the 49ers traded Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins. Obviously, Niners got CMC a couple weeks ago on the Thursday night football game. Uh, CMC has been great for them, but uh, too many running backs in the room. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell's coming back for them soon. So uh, what a better fit. I really like this move. Look, Chase Edmonds wasn't getting it done. That's why they traded, for, traded him away. Um, remember, Mike McDaniel was the OC for 49ers, and he slides right in. So what do you think of this move? And this move I absolutely loved. I was a little bit worried about trading for Kareem Hunt, um, part, partially because, you know, he's, he's going to be the number one running back here if, that, if we're trading for him like that. And I kind of like Mostert. Um, so I thought we were going to take a little bit of Mostert away for Hunt, and I wasn't too sure how much better we're getting there. But Jeff Wilson, we can slot behind Mostert. And then um, McDaniel has, like, he's been managing these two guys for a lot of years. He knows how to rotate them in and out well. We've seen how good the 49ers run game has been. And so he basically said, let's take the 49ers run game coordinator and their two running backs and recreate the run game. And, you know, I really like that. I, I think we are kind of missing that pass catching back role. So I think Miles Gaskin is going to play more and fill that role, which I like because I actually like Gaskin as a pass catcher and yeah. I don't think we're using him enough. And one thing I didn't mention that Bradley Chubb trade is that losing Chase Edmonds is actually addition by subtraction big time. He's been one of the worst players in the NFL this season. Yeah, Chase so just has not been good. Anybody. Right. Re replacing with anybody, and especially Jeff Wilson, who's averaging 5.1 yards a carry right now, is like a huge difference in this run game. Is he going to average 5.1 yards a carry behind the Dolphins, Dolphins offensive line? Probably not. Is he going to be better than Chase Edmonds? Almost definitely. Um, so that's a big difference. And I think the, the running backs will be much improved. And I liked only giving up a fifth-round pick. Yeah. And for Dolphins – out there who are worried right now about trading all these draft picks you know it seems like we're trading a lot of draft picks but you have to remember that we're only trading all these draft picks because we had extra draft picks and so right now i, I want to go over because the laramie tunsil trade has now finally settled the, what, what we have is essentially arguably what, what the greatest have. arguably the greatest trade of all time for one player this is arguably the greatest trade in pro sports history once you hear what this trade is <laughs> i'm going to start by giving you the, the full trade there's a lot of players so kind of hang tight and then I'm going to summarize it. So Dolphins trade, Laramie Tunsil, Patriots rookie Jack Jones, Kenny Stills, um, offensive guard Kenyon Green, rookie, 
uh, Chase Edmonds, Patriots receiver Tyquan Thornton, the rookie, um, and then tight end Bryson Hopkins, cornerback John Reed, cornerback Zach McPherson, running back Chris Evans, a 2023 fourth, a 2023 sixth, and a 2024 fourth. Four, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Javon Holland, Bradley Chubb, Noah Ibanagane, Eric Azukanma, Solomon Kinley, Julian Davenport, Johnson Batamosi, and a 25 fifth. All right, so that's a lot of what a haul, man. What a haul. But let me let me let me shorten this for you. If you only look at players who either done something or are gonna do something, and you can kind of cancel out like Solomon Kindley and Kenny Stills, they were kind of didn't do all that much. Um, if you look at guys that still have a chance to do something or have done something, it's really just Tunsil for Tyreek Hill, Jack Jones for Javon Holland, Kenyon Green for Jalen Waddle. Chase Edmonds for Bradley Chubb and two fourths and a sixth for Noah Ibanagane in a fifth. I mean, yeah, that's crazy, five. crazy, crazy, great value. It's unbelievably crazy good. value. That, that's one of the greatest trades ever. And the other thing you can look at, we traded a first and a third for Mike McDaniel. Would you do that? I would. Yeah, I would obviously. Sure. That, that, that's saying those are the, those are the tampering charges, whatever. If you want to look at it another way, Maybe we really only got those because we fired Brian Flores. But so we paid a first and a third to fire Brian Flores and we got Mike McDaniel. I would make that trade. Yeah. Um, One of the greatest trades in NFL history, really. I mean, the amount of stuff we got back, I mean, just to get Tyreek Hill alone, but to get, you know, Waddle and, and all those other guys you mentioned below, it's, it's, it's insane. Javon Uh, Holland. Yeah, uh, yeah. The list, the list goes on and on. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, you can little legitimately five all pros in a span of, for one player. It's insane. Um, let's quickly go into the the fantasy aspect of this for all the fantasy football fans listening to this. Um, look, I don't think this is really a game changer for anybody as far as running backs are concerned. Um, Chase Edmonds, look, he's now going to be joining the backfield of Melvin Gordon, uh, Latavius Murray, Mike Boone's on IR. Uh, quite frankly, it's just a back for a backfield you want to avoid. And as far as Jeff Wilson, uh, I think this is more of a better football player and, and team thing than it is for fantasy because Raheem Mostert's still there. Now, if Raheem Mostert gets hurt, it's the same situation as Elijah Mitchell got hurt in San Francisco. He will be the guy to further notice. But uh, this is just, uh, you know, the rich get richer here. What, what, what are your takes on the running backs for fantasy purposes? For me, the main impact here is, one, if you own Latavius Murray, you can drop him. Um, I, I wouldn't play a Broncos running back the rest of the season. And number two, um, if you're planning on starting Raheem Mostert, um, you're going to have to look somewhere else because Wilson is going to take care of him that Edwin wasn't doing. And while I don't think Wilson is going to be a starting caliber guy, I just think this turns Mostert into a low flex as opposed to a low RB2. So um, all the Mostert owners out there are really the people who are kind of suffering from this, this yeah. trade. Otherwise, you weren't, you weren't relying on the Broncos running backs and you weren't relying on Jeff Wilson anymore. Um, if you don't, if Jeff Wilson's a free agent, I'd consider picking him up, considering Raheem Mostert's injury history. Um, other than that, that's kind of my my take on the fantasy. Impacts. Yeah. So those are all the Dolphins trades. Um, I wish they would have obviously solidified the cornerback or safety position a little more, but they do get Byron Jones back. It looks like around playoff time. Uh, Hopefully, best case Hopefully. scenario. But uh, look, overall, the Dolphins got better. And I think we both agree, at least gives them a shot in the playoffs to beat the Bills and the Chiefs if they advance that far. So that's all you really want as a fan and uh, to see this team doing something. I I think we all can agree that Tua has made tremendous strides so far this season. 
and uh, the offense looks pretty damn good. So, uh, you know, I think we can both say we're pretty happy with this move, right? Yeah, overall, I'm happy with it. I think um, people kind of fretting about all the draft capital we're trading. That's a little bit overblown because. And remember, those I mean, picks, if we're good, if we're good, those picks are going to be towards the back end anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Right. And it's not like we're trading all kinds of future picks. You know, the trick, the picks we've traded have been picks that we, we could trade and we've gotten guys for them and then extended them. So it's not really going to impact the roster depth the way people are worried yeah. about, like it has with the Rams, like it has with some other teams, because those teams are trading picks they didn't have. We're yeah, trading picks that we had excess. So agreed. Um, let's get to another trade uh, that was a little bit surprising. Um, that's Chase Claypool going from the Steelers to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick uh, that the Bears own. Now, this is pretty interesting because the Bears has traded arguably the best linebacker in football yesterday, Roquan Smith, to the Ravens for a second and a fifth round pick. And if you think about it, they, they in, in, in the gist of it, they, they literally traded Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool. Look, Chase Claypool is a nice player. He's, he has good hands. Um, obviously, there were some attitude problems in Pittsburgh, which is why I partly believe they traded him. Uh, this is a nice upgrade for, from what they over have to help, help Fields. But uh, in the gist of it, uh, I thought the pack or the, the Bears should have got more for Roquan. And I think a second, a high second round pick, because the Bears are not going to figure to have a good record this year, is a lot for Chase Claypool. So what is, what is your take on that move so far? Well, and remember, the um... – I mean, so he, he, the, the Bears aren't really competing this year. Yeah, and so Roquan Smith, he was a free agent after this year. Chase Claypool has another year left on his contract. So it's half a year in a lost season of Roquan Smith for a year and a half of Claypool. And they got a fifth. But you can argue that the difference in the second round picks is worth about a fifth. So fine, you're right. Roughly they traded half a year of Smith for a year and a half of Claypool. On the surface, that's not a good trade. You're right. But it all depends on what the market was for a linebacker. I mean, this in the NFL, linebackers are less and less valued. And it might not have been very high. And honestly, like, you're right. I, I, I don't know if Chase Claypool really moves anything. But what he does do is he helps you evaluate Justin Fields. So what I think this trade was is I think they said, we only have half a year of Roquan Smith, whatever. They moved him in order to see what they have in Justin Fields. So I do think it's worth half a season of Roquan Smith to give Justin Fields more than one viable target in Mooney. At least you give him another receiver. We saw how much adding one receiver changed Tua. I think they looked at Tua and they said, let's give our guy another receiver. Of course, this isn't Tyreek Hill, but they gave him something that they could get um, to see what he looked like. Is it an overpay? Of course, it's an overpay in a football sense. But yeah. in terms of evaluating the quarterback, which is the most important thing, I think it helps them evaluate their quarterback. I'm not going to lie. From this class, Trevor Lawrence has obviously underperformed a lot. I really like Fields, man. His scrambling ability is, is a big difference. We're starting to see him come on the last couple of weeks. Look, quite frankly, all he has is Darnell Mooney and, and nothing else. Cole Komet has been a bust. Uh, that receiving core is, is probably the worst receiving core in the league, to be honest with you. The Colts are up there as well, but uh, the Bears have to be the worst receiving core in the league. So to get just to bring a guy like Claypool in who can go up and get the ball, that's a good move. Look, it's a second round pick. Obviously, it's pretty high, but uh, it's the Chicago Bears. Um, they, they're lacking talent right now. I don't blame them for making this move. And uh, let's talk about it from a fantasy purpose. Um, I'll let you go first, Nate. Yeah, I actually, in where I was holding Claypool, I immediately dropped him. Um, I, I'm not excited about Claypool in his offense. Will he be a good player for the Bears? Maybe. 
Um, we've already seen that this offense can't even support one receiver in Mooney. So if you own Mooney, I'd still hold on to him. Maybe Claypool draw some coverage away from him, but they don't expect anything. And if you were holding on Claypool, hoping he was going to go to Green Bay, the reason he's in Chicago is probably because Green Bay was offering a third. Chicago had to offer that second to get him um, away from their division rival. And that's a move. The that's a move. The needle. Um, Claypool. I don't expect big things in Chicago yeah. overall, statistically. I will say this. Uh, I don't think Claypool's worth rostering. Well, he, he's worth rostering if you have a bench spot, but not starting. I do think this is nicer for for Darnell Mooney as far as I don't think he's going to get the top corner every week. He's a slot receiver. Uh, I do think uh, Justin Fields has shown he throws the ball short a lot. Uh, I do think this is going to help him. I do think this is going to help Field a lot too. Uh, fantasy wise, I could see him getting averaging now 18 to 20 points a game with his rushing ability. So I definitely take a chance on him, especially while the bye week's coming up. But uh, look, overall, it's 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 not the sexiest move, but it's a move that the Bears needed to make to evaluate Fields. I think we can both agree on that, right? Yeah, and that and that is a very good point about Fields from a fantasy perspective. Um, there's it's been a very tough quarterback year. If you're struggling in the quarterback position, yeah, and take you him. got Chase Claypool on the bench, drop Claypool and pick up Fields. Yeah, uh, I think we all agree. Look, the, the most important thing you ever want in a fantasy quarterback is rushing. That's why Trey Lance got drafted so high. Um, those are those can steal you wins, man. So uh, we, we all agree on that. Let's get to, uh, in my opinion, the most interesting trade of the day. Um, that is the Falcons in the, in the Jaguars uh, trade. Basically, the, the Falcons traded... Calvin Ridley suspended for, to one year to the Jaguars. Now they have a receiving core of Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. Now here are the, the conditions of the trade. It gets a little tricky, but here we are. I'm going to read it to all the people at home. It's a fourth rounder that's going, a 2020 fourth rounder is going to the Jags to the Falcons. It stays as a four if Calvin Ridley is on the roster. It goes to a three if Ridley, if Ridley reaches certain incentives. And it goes to a second round pick if the Jaguars sign Ridley to a contract extension. Uh, right off the bat, Nate, uh, I think this is a great, great risk for the Jaguars. Look, it's Jacksonville. It's not really a hot market. Um, they just need playmakers more than anything else. I love this move for the Jaguars. Uh, obviously, Calvin Ridley's really, really talented. He was arguably a top five receiver coming into last year before he got suspended. What's your take on this move? Yeah, and so, well, remember, last year Ridley was struggling a little bit. Um, yeah. Before he got suspended, people were talking about how he was scared of contact. Um, and I actually know some Falcons fans who were – kind of low on Ridley the year before he looked like he was incredible, but once Julio Jones was gone, question was, well, he was the kind of the only guy and well, could he really be the number one? And he wasn't really answering that before kind of everything that happened. Um, but, you know, now that he has Kirk on the team and some other guys that can kind of get some tension off of him, I think he can go back to that role he had before in Atlanta. Of course he's older. He hasn't played football in almost two years. Now it's going to be, so the question is kind of how good is he going to be? And I think the, the trade structure is very good because if, the, if you, it's worth saying here's a fourth round pick to take a chance on Ridley, I totally agree. It's not worth saying let's throw you a second round pick to take a chance on Ridley. But if they go ahead and sign Ridley to an extension, then they're saying, yeah, it was worth the risk. And they get to decide whether or not they want to trade a second rounder for Ridley. And if Ridley could be worth a first rounder. So if you only trade a second rounder for him, then it's great. You know, if he ends up being a great player. And if not, a fourth rounder was worth the risk. So I do think the trade structure was actually very good for both teams. And it was a way to kind of solve all the issues we're talking about where 
Ridley could be great. He could be a top 15, 10 receiver in the NFL, or he could be nothing at this point. And if you trade a fourth rounder for the risk, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, it's a, it's a, it's a risk worth taking for the Jaguars. As I said before, it's hard to land talent in Jacksonville. Um, he's about as good as it gets, as it, as it gets to receiver. I mean, he's, he's really good, man. We're just going to see, obviously it's a year off from, from playing football. We'll see if is even reinstated by them. But uh, I thought it was a, a gamble worth taking and I like the move overall. I don't think it would cost him too much. Uh, we'll see if they trade him or if they sign him to a long-term extension. But, uh, you know, the Jaguars seem to be going the right place now. Uh, they, look, just like Tua last year, next season, Trevor Lawrence has all the tools to make it happen. I think he's going to be seriously evaluated next year or they might even have to move on at some point because uh, right now, I think we can both agree Trevor Lawrence is underperforming. Would you say that? He is, um, but it's kind of unfair with this scenario. I like there's not he still didn't have that much help, kind of like Tua didn't have that much help. And we'll see in year three. I think these teams are all looking at the Dolphins right now with their second year quarterbacks who are struggling and they're saying, okay, what do the Dolphins do to get Tua? Because Tua looked horrible to other teams. I don't know. All anyone could say on other teams, ah, Tua sucks. We won't trade anything for him. Remember, they're trying to get something on the Deshaun Watson. Everyone was valuing Tua as worse than Davis Mills. And they saw the Dolphins went out and helped him. And they're like, you know what? We'll do this for our guy, too, and see if that can help him. So I think Tua bought a lot of these second-year quarterbacks another year. Yeah, I agree. Um, from a fantasy perspective, we can't really talk about it this season because it's way into the future. Uh, we'll do a fantasy football podcast next year and talk about it. But uh, – Nothing really to talk about on that one. Let's uh, talk about another trade that I thought was very interesting in the Dolphins division. Uh, look, the Buffalo Bills acquired Naeem Hines from the Colts in exchange for running back Zach Moss, who I think is a little bit – he is talented and uh, a conditional six-round pick in the 2023 draft the Colts get back. I think this is a very fair trade for both sides. Makes a lot of sense for both sides. Um, look, the Bills really needed a pass-catching back. Devin Singletary was doing okay with them. But uh, I like this move a lot from a football perspective for the Bills. What's your take on this move? Yeah, to me, this is kind of a snoozer. I mean, from the Colts' perspective, Naheem Hines wasn't the backup to Jonathan Taylor that they wanted him to be. He, they yeah. weren't similar players. Not that Zach Moss is anything close to Jonathan Taylor, but I think they don't have to change their offense as much when he's out because they can kind of use Moss a little bit more like Taylor, whereas they couldn't use Hines like that. Um, Cause Taylor has missed some games. So I think that was their idea in this and they got a draft pick as well. Um, and then from the bills perspective, I mean, I did see Singletary kill the dolphin to the pass catcher when they played us, but yeah, it kind of Singletary is not that great of a back. Um, and it, they kind of didn't really have that guy like Naheem Hines. It gives another dimension to their offense. Um, he's a pretty good player and he's going to play a lot more than he played on the Colts because he might be right now their best overall player at the running back position he doesn't give them like an ultimate dynamic running back but he does improve their team marginally yeah i agree um I, I think this is a good trade for both sides makes a lot of sense for both sides i think zach moss just needed a fresh start uh let's talk about the fantasy perspective of this again i think this is just a good football move but devlin singletary is still going to be a big piece for that offense naeem heights i think is going to be really the third down back there, maybe sometimes come in and second down, take a couple of snaps as far as running, but he's going to be clearly a pass catching back. And as far as James Cook, I think he's droppable at this point. Uh, I would keep him in dynasty leagues though, but for this season alone, uh, I, I cut bait and, and move on. What do you think? Yeah. If anyone still had James Cook on the roster, he's, he's not doing anything here. Um, 
But to me, you have to downgrade Singletary a little bit because I think he's going to lose some pass catching work. Um, and to, Hines is probably a pretty similar player. He was, I mean, he was behind Jonathan Taylor. Now he's behind Singletary. Um, Singletary is obviously not as good of a player, but the Colts are more of a run-focused team. Um, they didn't exactly have Stephon Diggs in their receiving core, um, and they didn't have Josh Allen running the ball as well. So, yeah, I, I would I would kind of treat Hines the exact same way. If you were a guy, the team that needs a guy like that, you probably already had him. If not, he's probably on your waiver wire. I wouldn't change him, and I would just downgrade Singletary a little bit, maybe by a point or two a game. Yeah. Um, look, if you, I think at this point, Hines is a flex at best, um, but I'm not I'm not rushing to the waiver wire or, or making trade offers to get this guy. I just think it's more of a football move than anything else, really. You agree with that? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about – yeah, I agree. Let's talk about a very interesting trade that happened. I'm pulling up the details here. But uh, as I pull it up, let's talk about it real quick. Let's talk about a, a really, really rare in-division trade between the Vikings and the Lions. Um, the Lions ship out TJ Hawkinson, and now the Vikings have an offense of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and TJ, obviously TJ Hawkinson. Perfect. All right, so here are the details of the Vikings trade with uh, – Alliance. So the Vikings get obviously TJ Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. Lions get a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. So Lions are stocking out picks for the future. Uh, let's talk about this move in a nutshell. Uh, look, I think this is just a good football move for the Vikings. Uh, Irv Smith went out for eight to 10 weeks. He's been battling injuries his whole career. Uh, they need some, you know, really some solidarity at that position. And TJ Hawkinson has one of the best hands for a tight end. Um, he's not, he's not the best tight end in the league, but he's a really good player. Um, I like this move overall. I think a second round pick uh, is, 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 is good value for that. So what was your overall take on this move? Yeah. You know, the lions have a ton of offensive weapons and I think it was a good idea for them to offload a little bit of that because you know, when you hit all the receivers they got and the running backs, you know, with a defense this bad, you kind of can't afford that luxury on offense. And it's good to kind of get some picks back and maybe go back to the well and draft some defensive players for next year. Um, and this year, of course, the Lions weren't winning anything. So um, it's good for them to go to the draft and kind of try to build a young defense now because their offensive players mostly young and there's a good future there. So I, I think it was the right move to offload a guy like Hawkinson. And from the Vikings' perspective, I mean, all right, now you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who's aging but still good. Um, of course, you have K.J. Osborne as well from the Canes. Um, and then you got uh, T.J. Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook. That's, those are some scary weapons alongside Kirk Cousins. I mean, you know, if there's any time for Kirk Cousins to actually get the big thing done, it's this year in the NFC. I, I mean, he's, they've got the Eagles to fend with and the Cowboys. And other than that, I mean – there's not much there and they're probably going to have a fast track to uh, maybe the number two seed because they don't have to, I mean, the, the Eagles and the Cowboys have to play each other still again. Um, and so while the Eagles will probably take the one seed, I think the, the Vikings have a nice way to the number two seed and they're going to have to get to play a lot of home games during the playoffs. Um, of course, the 49ers are still there too. And the NFC has good teams, but it's wide open. And with that kind of offense, and they've got a good defense too, I think Kirk Cousins has to kind of get it done this year or think about getting replaced. 
Yeah, um, I do. I think it's inevitable now that they're going to win the, MV, the that division and at least make the playoffs, and we'll go from there. Uh, this is the year for the Vikings. We'll see. I mean, the yeah. NFC. If there's ever a year for the Vikings to come out, this is the year. The NFC is as weak as it's ever been. The Rams don't look the same. Obviously, the Bucks are struggling. The Packers didn't make any moves. We'll talk about that later. Um, so overall, this is the year. I think the Vikings see that they don't make this move unless they know they can do that kind of. Uh, they can make some noise in the playoffs. So. Um, that's a nice, that's a nice move for them. I think, uh, as far as the Lions perspective, look, they have Jamison Williams and Moran Ross St. Brown, uh, that receiving core is going to be really good. Uh, obviously they're going to have a top pick in the draft, replace Jared Goff, the quarterback. Um, I really like the future of this team a lot for the Lions. Uh, I think they're, they're going up in the right direction. I know their record hasn't been great the last couple of years, but this team is talented. So what do you think from the Lions perspective, as far as, uh, the future for them? No, and I agree. I, I just think they need to really invest, uh, especially in the secondary. Um, I know they fired their DB's coach after Tua and Tyreek were done with them, but um, I, I don't know if that's the problem. I think the personnel is pretty weak on defense, and, and they've invested a lot in the offensive line, and they're receiving, and really the offense is kind of fully turned around. Um, maybe they replaced Jared Goff in the draft this year. Um, you know, Obviously, they could do a lot better quarterback. I'm on paper saying I really don't like Jared Goff. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's a time yet. I don't know if you want to give a rookie quarterback such a bad defense. Um, I'd maybe continue to now invest on defense, let the offensive guys get a little bit older, and then go for your quarterback and maybe the next year. But uh, so I'd probably go on defense for them this year, see what you can do. Um, maybe uh, in the offseason try to – make one more trade. I'm not sure who you trade. Um, maybe you trade even Andre Swift, if you can get something for him. Um, I know he's a good player and you could argue he's part of their core. I'd say he looked a little bit replaceable so far this year. Um, but anyways, that, that's my take on the line. Yeah. Um, let's talk about quickly for a fantasy football perspective. Um, look, there's just too many mouths to feed in that Vikings offense. Justin Jefferson's going to get a ton of the shares there. Uh, Adam Thielen is, is Kirk Cousins guy in the red zone. Uh, it may change now. I think maybe uh, if, you, if you have TJ Hawkinson, your draft, you're, you're starting, I'm hoping he scores a couple touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to be a reception monster in this offense. And remember, they also have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, uh, who they have to feed as well. So from a fantasy perspective, have realistic expectations, but look, tight end is a very scarce position. I'd still start him, but uh, there, there are better options out there in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, TJ Hawkinson, kind of quietly, for the better part of the last two years, has really been a boomer bust option. He's had a couple of really big games, and other than that, he's had a lot of five, four, six, you know? So I haven't liked TJ Hawkinson in fantasy for years now. Um, and then maybe the quarterback situation changes it, but they're exactly, as you're saying, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. I don't know exactly, but what I do think happens, I think this gets Justin Jefferson um, a little bit more big plays because. Um, Safeties are going to have to be keying in on Hawkinson, and that's going to leave uh, a lot of DBs one-on-one -on -one with Justin Jefferson, and I think he's going to get some big plays um, the rest of the season. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing. I would actually slightly upgrade Justin Jefferson um, because of the lack of safety help that he's going to maybe see now, um, and then everyone else kind of stable. Yeah, agreed. Look, um, there weren't really – besides the moves that we just talked about, everything else was kind of under the radar. I mean, we, we didn't talk about um, – a couple of moves made. Look, we talked about Bradley Chubb. We talked about Chase Playbill. We talked about TJ Hawkinson, Hines, Ridley, Wilson to the Dolphins, Edmonds to the Broncos. Uh, some other smaller moves, Jacob Martin to the Broncos, William Jackson to the Steelers. 
the William Jackson to the Steelers, I really was hoping he would go to the Dolphins because he was desperately needed there. But uh, as far as the Steelers' standpoint, I don't really know why they're making these type of moves. They're going to be probably a, in the top five selection this year in the NFL draft. Uh, Jacob Martin to the Broncos, that's just, you know, insurance, if, if anything else. But, um, Nathan, what I really want to talk about is uh, for all the Packers fans listening to this, the Packers, man, what the hell are they doing? They just signed uh, the back-to-back MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who was legitimately going to retire. They traded, obviously, a big man in Devontae Adams. Once again, they did nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. This is a team that's notoriously famous for not drafting anything in the offense in the first round. I think it was the last 10 years. So, in your opinion, what the hell are the, are the Packers doing? The Packers are very, very, very insistent on not doing anything that they view as an overpay. And they're very insistent on just making sure that every move they make is um, forward-looking. And honestly, I think the Packers see Aaron Rodgers declining, and they don't think it's from the receivers. The, to me, this tells me that the Packers are going to try to move on from Aaron Rodgers after this year. I think they want to rebuild. Um, and they were not ready to mortgage any kind of a future for whatever they can have this year. I think they're really saying we're giving up on this year. Aaron Rodgers looks cooked. He was all off season talking about ayahuasca and uh, interviewing with Barstool Sports. Maybe his preparation was lacking. And, you know, he looks cooked. I mean, it's not just the receiving core. He's really he's not even trying to get the ball down the field. I mean, he's missing throws. He doesn't look good to me. Um, and he's, he might be ready to check out. I don't know. Maybe he'll be on a different team next year and he'll play well. But to me, this is the Packers saying we're moving on from Aaron Rodgers and we're not going to try to mortgage anything for Chase Claypool, who honestly is Chase Claypool that much better than Alan Lazard. Is he that much better than Romeo Dubs um, or even Christian? Well, I don't know. And so they saw that and they said, I'm not giving up a second round pick where next year I'm going to need that because I'm trying to rebuild a new team. So I think that's what the Packers are saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't get what the Packers are doing. Um, year in, year out, they just refuse to give this guy help on offense. Yeah, they draft guys in the later rounds like Christian Watson. What has he done so far? Um, Romeo Dobbs well, has been Christian Watson in, on the later rounds, but yes. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs has been inconsistent to say the least. Um, there's not really a true number one receiver there, or really a true number two receiver there. Um, look, if you have a back-to-back MVP aging, you want to, you know, capitalize on his prime as much as you can. So uh, maybe they get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to go there. We'll see. Um, but uh, does not looking for the Packers right now, and I can understand why the fans are pissed. Um, let's talk I mean, about – I, I, I do see what you're saying, how, yes, you capitalize on his prime. I just think that he fell off the cliff this year. I, yeah, I mean, think they're saying that's it. Missed the boat. He fell off the cliff. That, that's, that's the way I see it. I think that's the way the front office sees it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Aaron Rodgers comes back and is amazing again. And all he really needed was some receivers. I don't think a quarterback this great who makes his career off of making okay receivers seem amazing. I, I don't think, I, th- I think it's really done for Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I disagree. I think Aaron Rodgers is still good. I just think he has nothing to work with down there. Obviously, Aaron Jones has been a very nice thing for them. Uh, let's, let's talk about the last thing before we go. Um, obviously that's the news of Cam Akers, Brandon Cooks, and uh, Kareem Hunt obviously did not get traded. They're staying put with their teams. Uh, of those three names, which is the biggest surprise to you that didn't get traded? You know, Cam Akers is not surprising for me. He's really been outside of a couple games. 
names of very poor players whole career. It's not worth really giving up anything for him. You can get a better guy in the seventh round. So I think he'll probably be cut shortly. Um, the guy that does surprise me is Kareem Hunt. Um, they Browns actually went as far as to announce they were going to honor his trade request and then didn't. Um, you know, the Dolphins gave up a fifth rounder for Jeff Wilson. It's possible the Dolphins preferred Jeff Wilson to Kareem Hunt. I personally might have also, I would have been very close on that. Um, and the Browns stated they wanted a fourth rounder. But if you're going to honor this guy's trade request and no one's offering you a fourth, and then someone comes to you and say, we can give you a fifth, do you not accept that? It's a little surprising to me um, that they would stand pat like that. Um, but it may be, again, it's possible that the Dolphins actually prefer Jeff Wilson. So that's surprising. The Brandon Cooks deal, you know, he's, he came out and tweeted he was very upset. Um, but that's not surprising to me because the Texans, I mean, again, with the Laramie Tunzel deal, you saw how that turned out. They're, they're not a very good front office. Um, just historically, and I know it's a different front office now, but you know, the Texans were not going to take what they could get for him. I think they think that Davis Mills needs him for his progression or something. They don't want to leave Davis Mills with absolutely nothing. A wide receiver and just ruin him. So I, th- I think that was their thought process. Yeah. Um, I agree. Look, I think the biggest surprise to me, um, it's kind of a tie between Kareem Hunt, um, and uh, Brandon Cooks because Kareem Hunt was on his last year. He's going to be a free agent. He's obviously not resigning there. Um, I think the Browns winning yesterday against the Bengals gave him a little bit of hope, and that's why he didn't get traded. I do believe that he lost that game yesterday. He's completely gone. Um, but Kareem Hunt's a really good player, man. A fourth-round pick, uh, I think they just didn't want to, you know, they took the player over the value at that point. And as far as Brandon Cooks, I'm very surprised he didn't get traded. Look, the, the Texans are obviously rebuilding. Brandon Cooks is 30. That's not really a guy you want to rebuild around. Uh, they could have got some high value for him. I think they could have got a, a late first, maybe an early second uh, for him. Uh, he could have gone to a contender like the Packers or the Cowboys were, were the two teams I saw the most. And as far as Cam Akers, um, I think he's a talented bag. I think he needs a new situation. Um, but I can also see the Rams standpoint of not just giving away because he is talented. They did use a high round pick on him. But uh, I would say of all of them, I would probably say – I know we said it was a tie, but I would probably say Brandon Cooks is probably the biggest surprise to me, considering the record and the age of the player. I don't know. I don't think they're getting a first for him. Um, yeah, maybe a second. I, I agree. That's a little I mean, too high, Claypool, but... Claypool got a second, um, which sounded like an overpay. Claypool's a lot younger. Um, Cooks is a better player. Yeah, if I'm the Bears and I trade a second for Cooks instead of Claypool, I probably feel a little bit better right now, actually. Um, tough to say but they might maybe they just weren't getting that offer maybe the bears preferred claypool and no one was offering them more than a third and they said for that we'll keep cooks and help davis mills a little bit i i I don't know that's that's probably what they were thinking that's probably what happened yeah um i agree man it's just it's just the way it is but um before we go let's talk about uh who are your top three teams to come out of the or let's play this way who do you have making the AFC championship and going to the Super Bowl? Let's start with that side first. I mean, right now it's tough to not pick the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, yeah. I know that's kind of a pop out. The problem is I, I actually like the Dolphins if they had a home game against the Bills in the playoffs. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, so that two-way injury was really tough. Um, and Tua really can't win in the cold. Uh, he hasn't shown us he's been able to play in the cold his whole career. Um, we're going to struggle with those late season games at uh, New England and at Buffalo, which will probably end up with us getting kind of a 
five, six, seven seed um, in the playoffs. I think we're going to, if we play a warm weather game the first round, I think we'll win it. And if we don't, I think we'll lose it. And I think we'll lose whenever we have to play one of those cold weather outdoor games. Yeah. Um, I think that's really going to be the undoing of this team. And it was really important to win the division this year because I thought if we had it, had it, had the division win and got to play those games at home, I think we could actually make the Super Bowl. So I think that's going to be the undoing of the offense is Tua just has no experience in the cold. I think he needs to train in the cold in the offseason um, and learn how to grip the ball there. But until that happens, I'll take the Chiefs and the Bills. And then what about you? Um, look, I do think that whether it's home or away, I do think the Dolphins have a legitimate chance to beat the Chiefs. Um, they got to the second round. Um, I will say that if the Bills have home field advantage, you're right. It's going to be very cold that time of year. Uh, I think that is a very tough task to beat the Bills on the road in that stadium. Uh, historically, we did not do well the last, what, five, six years in that stadium. We've been basically getting crushed every time. Uh, you're right. Tua has not done well in cold weather games. We're going to see him playing some cold weather games later in the year. But uh, I do think that they can get to the AFC Championship. I, don't, I think that would be a massive win for this team this year. But uh, I think Super Bowl is a little bit of a stretch. But, hey, they give themselves a chance to get there. That's all you want as a fan. So, uh, I mean, look, I'd be thrilled with making the playoffs and competing in a game. That's not something we've done in my lifetime. Yeah. So, I want to make the playoffs and have a chance to win a game. And to me, that's a success. And we'll fill those extra roster holes next year and see what we can do. Yeah, I agree. Um, so with that said, I have the Bills and Dolphins in the AFC Championship and I have the Bills advancing to the Super Bowl. Let's get to the NFC Championship predictions. Um, this is a very tough one, but believe it or not, man, I have the freaking Niners going to the NFC Championship. I just really like their team. I think their defense is really good. I think the McCaffrey trade was huge for them. Uh, I just don't think the Rams – I think the Niners are going to win that division. As far as their other team – I really can see the Vikings getting to the NFC, NFC championship. And when it comes down to it, I just think that, uh, that I just think that the Niners defense is, is going to kill Kirk cousins. And I think they're going to advance to the Super Bowl. So I have a bills Niners Super Bowl, and obviously the bills winning. What about you? Interesting. So I see you don't have the Eagles. That's interesting, but, um, oh, I actually that's don't right. have the- I'm totally, oh man, I totally forgot about the Eagles. You're right about that. Okay, scratch that. I'm starting over. I have the Niners and the Eagles making the playoffs. I have. Uh, I just think Kirk Cousins now, if that says, I'm going to choke in the second round again. I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins. Then I have the Eagles and the Niners and the NFC Championship. And with the play of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles team, I just don't see anyone can beat them right now in that division. So give me the Eagles and the Bills in the Super Bowl. And believe it or not, I think it's going to be closer than people think. I still think the Bills are going to win, but the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. I actually think the Eagles are going to sweep the season series against the Cowboys and then lose them in the playoffs. It's very, very hard to beat a team three times, and I don't think they're going to get it done. I think the Cowboys are very good. I think the Cowboys are actually going to upset the Eagles in the playoffs. It's going to be the biggest upset of the playoffs, um, and the Eagles might only have one loss at that point, if any. So I think that's going to be my huge upset. Um, I think the Eagles are a very good team. I just think it's extremely hard to beat a team three times, and I don't think they do it. Um, so that that's, and I actually think the Cowboys will advance the NFC championship, um, and shock a lot of people. And I actually agree with you that they'll be playing against the 49ers. Um, and you know, the winner of that game, it's very tough. I, the Niners have been there. The Cowboys haven't. Um, and again, I, I think the Vikings will lose for the same Kirk Cousins reasons as always. Um, so I think I'll take the Niners in that game and I'll take what you originally said, which is Bills Niners. And I guess the Bills are going to win 
Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Chiefs. The winner, I think the winner of Bills Chiefs wins the Super Bowl, um, which that game's really a toss up for me. Um, I guess I'll take the Bills right now because um, they won the regular season matchup, but it could go either way. Um, and the Bills should be hoping that the Dolphins do play the Chiefs actually and beat the Chiefs for them because I do think the Dolphins have a chance to beat the Chiefs as well, which they don't have to beat the Bills. So, yeah. So yeah, that's the way I look at it right now. All right. So just to clarify our Super Bowl predictions at this point at the halfway point, I have the Bills and the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and you have again? The, the Bills and the Niners. Yeah. And you have uh, obviously the Bills winning, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, same here. Um, Nate, we obviously broke down the whole trade uh, deadline. Very exciting. This is the most exciting trade deadline I can remember. This is the most trades ever, 10 in the history of the NFL as far as trade deadline. Uh, so obviously very exciting. Uh, some impact moves. Miami definitely has a chance after this news today. And uh, anything you want to add before we go? It's exciting for the Dolphins to really be kind of right now the number three team in the AFC um, where everyone's looking at it. And really – in the whole NFL, I'd say they're top six chance to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So that's exciting as a Dolphins fan. They haven't been there at this point, really, as long as I can remember. So exciting time to be a Dolphins fan, even though we're not the favorites right now and I'm not picking us. Things can change rapidly. Josh Allen misses a couple of games. All of a sudden, now the Dolphins are fighting for the one seed. So, yeah. you know, look out for the Dolphins, and uh, hopefully they can – continue to get better, make, make a couple more signings in this post-deadline period. Yeah, and before we go, let me ask you a quick question. Who do you think is going to get that seventh spot for the NFC? I've did, I done a lot of research. I obviously put a clip the other day. If you had to, if you had to bet, um, who do you think is going to get it, the, the Patriots or the game management of Brandon Staley, who keeps killing his team for the Chargers? Oh, you mean the AFC? Yeah, in the AFC. Uh, sorry, yeah. I, I, I chose I chose the Pats. I know their QB situation is in the sexiest, but they find a way to keep winning, and I just cannot trust the game management of Brandon Silly. He's literally lost his team three games. You know, I, I, I like the Patriots to get in the playoffs, and I don't like the Jets to make the playoffs, actually. Okay, yeah. I, I, have that so as well. I think that actually opens up an additional spot, and I would take the Chargers over the Jets. I, I think it ends up with the Dolphins, Patriots, and Chargers. Um, I don't know if I'm leaving someone out. I think I might be leaving out the Bengals here, actually. So yeah. um, I'd, I'd keep the Bengals in the playoffs and drop the Chargers in. So, yeah, I would say the Dolphins, Patriots, and, uh, and Bengals in the wild card slots. Gotcha. All right, Nate, That's thanks for coming on, man. Uh, like always, we talked about everything. We're going to have you more and more for the football pod. But uh, exciting time of the NFL season. We just wrapped up midway point. And uh, honestly, a long season to go still. Yeah, absolutely. All right.